I'm going to keep improving and, and find a way to get those young guys confident and get them the ball. But if we can run the ball like we did today, it alleviates a lot of the stress that we could feel had we not had Tony Edwards. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Sometimes I think the Brewers are trolling us. Sometimes I think Rick Schlesinger, who's the president of business or something, you know who I'm talking about. I think him and Mark Atanasio and just the, the brain trust of the Brewers, I seriously think they occasionally have meetings. They're like, how can we troll our fan base today? Like, what can we do to prove that they'll still keep coming to games? It's like, well, what if we promote a huge giveaway for 100 million fans at Miller Park at American Family Field? And we play it up like it's going to be this big thing. A big thank you to fans. We get everyone really excited. And then it turns out all we're going to do is a $6 concession voucher, which doesn't really doesn't really do anything. Yeah, that'd be, fu- that'd be funny. Let's see. Let's try that and see how people, because I, I bet people will still come to the games. And, you know, these fans, they're idiots. They'll, they'll keep watching. They'll keep supporting the team. I feel like they had a meeting today, except they involved Craig Council in this one. They're like, ah, coming down the stretch. Must win games here against the Mets. NL rival, but trying to make up some ground in the, the wild card race. What if we hit Luis Urias in the cleanup spot? That'd be pretty. Fu- that'd be pretty funny, right? Fans would get a good kick out of that. They'll still watch. Though. They're a bunch of suckers. Look at the Brewers lineup for today. What the hell is Luis Urias doing it in cleanup? It was Jace Peterson. I'd understand. Whatever. Desperate times call for desperate measures. But Luis Urias. When was Luis Urias's last signature moment? When was the last play that Luis Urias made that you can actually remember? I got nothing. Hell with it. I can't find it. All right. Luis Urias hitting cleanup tonight. Uh, Wong fifth. McCutcheon sixth. Here a seventh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Urias, let's hit him fourth. That, that'll be fun. We're being trolled. I'm serious. This, this team lives to torment us. Financially, you know, logistically, and on the field even now. They're waving it in our face. Luis Urias hitting cleanup. Sick. Great. Awesome. This is the Wisco Sports Show, and that was Talking Brewers. It's enough of that for tonight. <laughs> Going to talk a lot of football tonight. Two Monday night football games last night. Neither were great. The Bills just... Titans are, are not good. The Titans would not be a fun team to be a fan of right now. They play in an AFC South that's not very good, but the Jags are at least on the, the come up. Houston Texans are... I don't know if they're on the come up, but they, they can't get much worse. The the Titans, it seems, are, are stuck in this awkward middle ground. And Ryan Tannehill's their quarterback. It looks like Taylor Luan suffered a really bad injury last night. So I, I guess I'm not really surprised that the Bills absolutely smoked the Titans last night. You could make the rest over rust argument because the Bills were coming off 10 days rest because they played on that opener on Thursday night. But no, uh, I don't think so. Stephon Diggs was brilliant. That was fun to watch. I don't really need to talk about that game. Eagles-Vikings wasn't a good game, but I want to talk about it because it's our NFC North rival, our our border battle uh, opponent in Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. So I want to talk about that game, which was last night, the Eagles winning 24-7. I also have some Packers things that I want to hit on today. Uh, A couple of things that I'm thinking about as we get closer to the Tampa Bay game, specifically what's going on with the offensive line. Uh, Daryl gave us a call yesterday. 
uh, as far as it, as far as it goes. And we talked about the offensive line, and he wanted to talk about the protection around Aaron Rodgers. And I thought he made some really great points. So I want to build on that topic, which kind of started yesterday, and look forward to a really nasty opponent, really nasty defensive front that the Packers are going to have to deal with next Sunday when they go to Tampa Bay. So I want to talk about that. A couple of other things related to the Packers-Bears as well as we continue to break down that scorcher of a game, a 27-10 to 10 win that, I'm going to be honest, I've already forgotten most of it just because, like, we've seen that game a million times. There's really nothing special about that game, but a couple of details that I want to look back on and still talk about. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. Uh, I watched at a bar last night. Not my best sports viewing performance. I'm not going to lie. I have a buddy who's leaving town, so I had a reason to go to the bar on a Monday night. I don't want to make that clear. Uh, he's leaving town. He's moving out west in a couple of days. And all right, we should get together, have a beer before you go. Well, I'm not just going to walk to the bar for one beer. One beer is basically just I mean, have a glass of water if you're going to have one beer. So I, that turned into two, and, you know, the game was on, and we were comfy, so that turned into, you know, five or six, I don't know, a bunch. So we were watching the games at the bar, and I wasn't taking notes. I wasn't, you know, doing my my normal sports talk radio guy stuff. Uh, but the Vikings and Eagles were on with the sound, and, and we were definitely taking it all in. It's my favorite bar. And I know the Monday Night Bartender there, he's a big Vikings fan, so he'd have that game on and not that snooze fest of a Titans-Bills game. God, that game sucked. Let's talk about the Vikings game, though. The Vikings got blown off the ball early. They were behind early, and that was kind of it. Uh, not surprising. Give the Vikings a little bit of, of credit and take it easy on them. They do have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, it's a very low-hanging fruit joke, implying that the Vikings won their Super Bowl last week. I saw it on Twitter. I don't remember by who I stole it. I thought it was pretty funny. You know, Super Bowl hangover. Maybe the Vikings fe- feeling that a little bit last night. So last night, I got home and I was, I was in bed. And then this morning, I was making my breakfast and I was watching and listening to some Vikings podcasts. Some uh, post-game shows. I was watching uh, our guy Phil Mackey, friend of show, with Judd Zulgad, listening to their breakdown of that game. And then they do this uh, Purple Daily Ventline show where people can call in and actually zoom into the YouTube show. It's pretty good. Ventline, very similar to K-Fan with Vikings fan line. It's so petty. Twin Cities Sports Talk Radio. It's just like, okay, you have Ventline, you have fan line. Okay, whatever. Anyways, I was watching our guy Phil Mackey Judd Zolgad and listening to their breakdowns of the game. And I'm not trying to be a tool as a Packers fan. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> but I was laughing at the at the post-game show. And I was laughing at their takes because their comments on Kevin O'Connor, the coach, and Kirk Cousins, I'll just be honest, they made me laugh. And I look, I, I don't enjoy the Vikings. I'm certainly not a fan of the Vikings. They are the most nasty rival, in my opinion, of my team, the Green Bay Packers. But I look, I don't wake up in the morning with anger in my heart for the Vikings. I think sometimes like Vikings fans might wake up for for my Packers and for Packers fans. I, I don't have that much angst and, and hate in my heart, but I, I enjoy watching them lose. And I, you know, I sometimes like listening to Vikings fans lose their mind a little bit. I was listening to Judd, who I enjoy, not anti-Judd. I was listening to Judd Zolgad, his little opening salvo on the show as he cracks a surly. Uh, basically was saying, you know, just... Just incompetence from the top down. Uh, organizationally, what a failure. They weren't prepared and no adjustments were made and they were obviously not ready to play. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the heck? Guys, 
It's Kevin O'Connor's second career game. Like what? 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 What were our expectations coming into this game? Because the, the expectation should not have been so great as to be that disappointed when the Vikings came up short last night. Eagles are a good team. Philly's a tough place to play. Plus, Vikings fans, you put yourself in a spot with Philadelphia where you were never going to have an easy time going in there because in 2017, before the NFC Championship game, you did the skull chant on the steps, and the Philly fans didn't like that, and then they roundhoused you at home, and now all I ever hear from Vikings fans is how classless Philadelphia fans are. No, I well, I think what happened was... You know, Vikings fans kind of poked the bear a little bit, and then the bear bit him in the ass, and now they want to talk about how the bear's mean. And I don't, I don't know if that's exactly how that went, but Philly's never going to be an easy place to play, especially for the Vikings. The Eagles are really good. That roster is a house. And I'm not really convinced that the Vikings are that much better than last year or the year before. I like Kevin O'Connor. I think he's a better coach than Zimmer, certainly. But it's a second career game. Just failure from the top down. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, easy, guys. Jeez. And then they were talking about how, well, the defense looks slow. Oh, the defense looks slow and old. Oh, it just looks poor. Well, not to be this guy, play the results, although I don't. I think this is the opposite of playing the results. I <laughs> The Vikings defense is old and slow. Harrison Smith is 33. Patrick Peterson is 32. Yeah, the defensive front was Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter. If those two are healthy, that's a unit. But speed and coverage in the back end? No. They don't have great corners. Safety play has been diminishing, although I still think Harrison Smith is a really good football player. He's not as fast and young and spry as he used to be. Well, the defense looks slow. That's because it is. It's an old, slow defense, which is why they're you know drafting Lewis Sign and trying to get these guys in, but he's not healthy yet. He's not ready to play. There were some hosts on different post-game shows I was listening to last night. Well, they couldn't run the ball. You can't win in Philly if you can't run. Well, look, the Vikings really didn't run the ball that well last week either. It was all Justin Jefferson. Have we forgotten that it basically was just Justin Jefferson? Like, I don't know. The Vikings have not been a unit running the football in a long while. Delvin Cook is good. Very versatile, big, strong, fast, has all the, the traits. But it's not like their offensive line has been tremendous. And it's not like they've really had an offense at any point, at least under Zimmer, that the running game excelled. Like they would run the ball a lot, Yeah. But I don't know if it was a naturally good running attack. There's a difference, right? Now, Kyle Shanahan can run 20 run plays and, uh, you know, fill in the blank. Joe Judge or Matt Patricia, who've had head coaching gigs in this league, can run 20 run plays. Yeah, both, I guess, in both instances, you're committing to the running game for 20 plays. But those are two very different running games. The Vikings have never had an inventive, well-designed running game under Mike Zimmer. They would run the ball out, but it was never well-designed. We'll see what KOC does. But, look, I... Well, the defense is slow. Well, yeah, it is slow. And they weren't ready to play. Well, it was Kevin O'Connor's first ever road game. And it was his first game within the flow of the season. Like, that Packers game in week one, I'm almost pissed at the Packers for losing that poorly, even though I don't think it'll matter in the end. Because it just did such a poor, it's such a poor job setting expectations for the Packers. I got calls last week. We're going to go 6-11. and 11. No, we're not. Calm down. Calm down. And then we, we got people talking about how the Vikings are this house that are you know going to win the NFC North. And I don't know. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be a good team. But the NFC isn't that good. You know? I just... My favorite part of last night's Vikings game... Again, not to revel in this, but... I think my favorite part of that game was... <laughs> I had a couple people... Vikings people I was listening to last night... Complaining that Kirk Cousins basically gave up after Irv Smith dropped a pass. And I'm like, hey... I've seen this movie before. I was in the theater last week. 
look at this. Or Justin Jefferson messed up one route, leads to an interception, and then Kirk Cousins gets pissy and stops playing. It's like, hey, our guy does that. Common ground, Packers and Vikings fans. Look at us coming together in the in the heat of a rivalry, finding common ground about our quarterbacks being divas when things go poorly around them. That's just tremendous. Just awesome. I uh I, I just keep thinking about Packers in week one. It's like, is there a team in the NFL that the Packers would have would have beaten last week? Think of the Saints a year ago, right? So poor in the first week of the season. And I don't I don't know if it would have mattered that they were playing the Vikings or the Lions or the Niners or the Bills or the Chiefs. I think the Packers might have lost to the Texans last week. I don't know that the opponent mattered at all last week. And I don't know if the matchup details matter at all. It's for whatever reason, the Packers just play like dump in week one. And Aaron Rodgers plays like dump in week one. And we talked a little bit yesterday about maybe why that is. He shuts down in the offseason. He does offseason things. Goes on trips, relaxes, recovers, which, great. I think everyone should have the opportunity to do that. But if you've ever gone on a vacation and you haven't checked email, you haven't handled anything, right, when you come back that first Monday, it's a little bit of a bear. you got to dig out of a hole. And I think maybe week one, last year and this year, that's Aaron Rodgers digging out of a hole. This is the cut from his postgame presser I keep coming back I'm to. I'm going to keep improving and, and finding ways to get those young guys confident and get them the ball. But if we can run the ball like we did today, it alleviates a lot of the stress that we could feel had we not had 200 yards rush. I think Aaron Rodgers just needs a needs a little time to ramp up. Uh, I got a text here from Travis and Holman. Yes, we beat the Bears. It's the Bears, and we usually kick the crap out of them. But I'm tired of people downplaying the win. A win is a win. It's not easy to win in the NFL. We were talking about this yesterday. It's not easy to win in this league, which is like my new favorite cliche. I'm going to say that as much as possible, so I'm glad you beat me to it, Travis. Thank you. Even versus the Bears. Celebrate it. No more of this. We've seen this a million times. Well, we have. I'd love to see it a million more times or a billion. Well, Travis, I agree. Uh, and the Packer fan in me is is very much fist-bumping you right now. The radio host in me is also saying, yes, but... There's only so much to say about these wins because we do this once a year. <laughs> it's like I I can't talk about this Packers Bears win for the next five days because it's just it, we've seen this movie before. We were in the theater watching it last year. We know how it ends, right? <laughs> but it is really fun to watch the Vikings lose too. Don't get me wrong. God, I love it. Thank you for the text six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Let's go, Chad. Chad and Sun Prairie. What's going on, Chad? Welcome. Schadenfraud. That's what's going on. Oh, a little bit. I'd say so, <laughs> my, yes. I very much enjoy watching my, the Vikings lose and listening to their frustrated my extreme, My extreme pleasure. I, you know, I don't even know it was better this week, watching us annihilate the Bears or the Vikings lost in historic fashion. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's so fun it, to watch. It's just so fun. Well, it, it's funny because the remember the argument last week is you can't uh, you can't beat the Vikings playing zone defense. And what did Philly play the entire game almost? Well, I, I and it's Chad. You are you are a, a a magician with sports talk calling because when you call in, you always lead me into what I want to talk about next. Coming up after the next break, Chad, just to give you a sneak peek. I want to talk about what Darius Slay did against Justin Jefferson in man coverage last night and what the Packers could learn from that. So, Chad, I tip my cap to you. We're thinking on the same wavelength. It was really impressive what Darius Slay was able to do with Justin Jefferson last night. Yeah, and it wasn't. It's kind of like a hybrid, like Tampa cover two that they ran on him. But again, same difference. I think if Jair plays similar role, which now the tapes on him, how to defend it, 
looks a little different. So are, are you saying, Chad, did, did the Philadelphia Eagles uh, uncover the blueprint to beating Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings last night? I think they might have. I think they might have. Well, but, you, but you and I also know the truth of this, right? Or a lot, at least anybody that has some bit of sports IQ. That the fact that you have a brand-new head coach has zero tape on him. It's just like a brand-new pitcher in Major League Baseball. True. Generally, if they got the stuff, they show up and they throw it. They chuck it for a couple games until the tape and, like, the tendencies come out. Once it starts to come out, well, we know who Kirk Cousins is. He sucks. Yeah. But we were able to figure out that, you know, Jefferson is prone to do this, 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 and or this, this, and this in each situation, and they, they were capitalized on it. I mean, Slay should have had five picks last night. Yeah, he could have had a bunch. By the way, that that principle where the the minor leaguer gets called up and has success right away, I'd like to, I want to come up with a name for that. And the first pitcher that comes to my mind is Taylor Youngman. Remember when they called him up? This is years ago, and he was just great early on. And I'm like, yes, we found an ace. And then he just saw he just stunk. <laughs> so I think well, maybe yeah, maybe funny. the the Taylor Youngman principle. Maybe we can name that. Well, Freddie Peralta is another prime example, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody that had the stuff, brought him up, they figured it out, and oh crap! I got to come up with another pitch. I got to change things. Got to you know come uh, come up with a third uh, tendency to do in this cer- certain circumstance, and they yeah. work through it. Yeah. Uh, the people that figure that out are the ones that win, and like that's we've learned time and time again that Florida's teams do that. They might have a stinker. And you hope the stinker isn't the last game of the year, which it's been, but let's, let's get through that. Well, Chad, you're not a stinker. Your calls are never a stinker. I appreciate the call, Chad. It was nice to chat with you. It's been a while. Long, long time. It has. Uh, take care, Grant. Yeah, you as well. That's our, our friend Chad in Sun Prairie, also known as on the morning show, Wisco Chad. I hear Chad on the morning show a lot. Must just be a morning man. That's fine. I'll take I'll take your calls whenever I can, Chad. I'll, I'll take what I can get. But a brilliant point that I wanted to actually get to next. It's written down in my notes. It says, man versus zone, Jair versus Slay, 420. And look at the time. It's 420. Let's talk about that. Coming up next, it's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. I'm sorry, you're going to have to give me a sec because I need to tweet something. Adam Schefter, 15 minutes ago, and I saw this during our opening segment, and I I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to derail that sparkling conversation we were having about the Vikings losing last night. Super Bowl hangover for that team. (laughs) Uh, Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle for the Bucks. We know him, right? Former Bear, great run defender, just a monster defensive lineman. He's out a month with a plantar fascia foot injury. I, I think that's redundant. Just an injured plantar fa- or he tore the the foot the it's hurt. There's a the foot bad hurt. Foot hurt. I swear to god. His foot is hurt. Uh and he will be out. I don't know why I'm tripping over my words. So what I was going to tweet was this news broke my must win meter. Tweet at Wisco Grant. It's a must win on Sunday. We're going to talk more Packers Bucks coming up here in a few minutes, especially that defensive line. It gets a little weaker, but it's still a really good front seven between the linebackers, the linemen, and the defensive ends, the edge rushers. We got to talk about that unit and how the Packers are going to match up with them coming up on Sunday. First, I want to talk about 
what Darius Slay did to Justin Jefferson last night, and maybe, just maybe in the process, uh, convinced me to think a little bit differently about how Joe Barry and the Packers' defense should deploy Jair Alexander. 608-796-2558 if you want to give me a call or a text. And again, like I said, I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Last night, Darius Slay one-on-one with Justin Jefferson. Five targets, zero catches, two pass breakups or PBUs, as we sometimes call them, and one interception. And as Wisco Chad told us a couple of uh, minutes ago, could have been more. He could have had four or five interceptions last night. Now, not all of them would have came against Jefferson. He was moving around, but he was settled with Justin Jefferson for a much larger percent of the snaps that he played than Jair Alexander was, right? Jair was on Jefferson at times, but it wasn't as intentional as the Eagles were with Darius Slay matching up with him and Justin Jefferson last night. And last week, we talked a lot about Joe Barry's zone scheme, right? We're playing zone against Minnesota. And it's a really easy thing for fans. And I am a fan. I'm also an owner. I am also a radio host. I wear many hats, right? But as a fan, it's very easy to say, this isn't going well. We should do this instead. It's very easy to say that when a lot of times what was called, what was ran, the scheme that was implemented or the package that was on the field, it was just fine, but it didn't work, right? A lot of football coaches that they'll tell you, don't look at the results. Don't look at right. We can't play the results on everything just because we ran a zone defense and it didn't work. That doesn't mean that the zone was the wrong thing. Means we didn't execute it properly, or we got unlucky, or this or that or the other thing. It's very easy as a fan when you can't stop Justin Jefferson to say, "Hey, we should play man." Well, man might have gone just as poorly. We don't know. But many fans last week wanted Jair man to man, Justin Jefferson one on one, and I was a little skeptical because I, I thought, guys, Justin Jefferson might be too good for that. I, I don't know if just sticking Jair on him is enough. Might need to shade his side. If it might need to do all these different things. And that's really difficult to do when he's moving all over the formation and he's lining up in different spots. And it's probably even more difficult to do before you've ever got any film on how Kevin O'Connell has deployed Justin Jefferson. Now, that whole no film thing, or as we have coined it today, the Taylor Youngman principle, right? Right. When you don't have any film on someone, so even if they're not that good, it's, it's not easy to stop them because you don't know what's coming. Yeah, we've never seen Kevin O'Connell coach, but... He is from the same family as Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan and all of those guys coach similarly. So it either we had no idea what's coming. I, I pushed back on that a little bit. But I thought last week, man, it's I don't know if Jair's good enough. I don't know if you can just stick him on Jefferson and expect it to work. Well, maybe I've changed my mind a little bit after last night. Because I think Darius Slay is is very good, but I think Jair is just as good, maybe better. Certainly comparable, depending on how you feel about either guy. Maybe elite cornerbacks, when deployed correctly and when locked in, maybe they can hold their own one-on-one against Justin Jefferson. right? And that can launch us into a larger conversation about man and zone and what the Packers should be playing given their personnel right? and, and how they should best use scheme to take advantage of the guys they have. We, we could talk about this till we're blue in the face, and we probably will this season. right? But I think last night showed me, okay, Justin Jefferson is brilliant and he's hard to deal with, but when the team doesn't have their head up their butt, and they come ready to play, and they're locked in, okay, maybe elite corners can do pretty darn good when dealing with him one-on-one, which really wasn't something I believed just five or six days ago. Let's go to the phones. Mike is in Windsor, 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? Oh, I'm actually sitting in wonderful downtown traffic right now. Oh, in Madison? 
Oh, yeah. Every day. Speaking of downtown Madison, is that true they canceled Freak Fest? I saw a headline yesterday. Is that true? I was going to text Evo cancel, today. They did cancel Freak Fest. Damn. Yeah, the mayor said something about not having any money. Whatever. Did it take money? What? What? What did? Well, we don't need to talk. Uh, well, about no, it had. Yeah, it had like people to run it, like sponsors or whatever. I don't okay. Know. But yeah, I said something about that. No one wants to run it this year because no one's done it for two years because of COVID. Yeah, well, no one wants to work anymore, can't. mostly. Uh, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring this up. This isn't the Vicky McKenna no, show. I'm sure you good. wanted to talk football. Uh, what, what's sometimes, up? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> um, no, I. You know, I think they're they're uh, Jair and I think Slay. I think they're they're comparable. I I loved Slay on that interception where he really pushed him to the fade, um, and then. Kirk Cousins being Mr. Mediocre just throws the ball up expecting Justin Jefferson to save his life. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously not going to save your life because you under through the route. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was wonderful to see Kirk Cousins come back down to the person that he is. I loved it. Um, the other thing too, with the zone and the man with, with the Packers, I and mean, that's a deep conversation. Obviously it depends on who they're, who they're up against. Right. Um, I think they could have played some really solid zone defense against the Vikings with a floater, and that being Jair. Just line Jair up wherever Jefferson is. And, it, you know, maybe not two plays or three plays, he doesn't get them. But yeah. I think that could have worked. Now I'm not a coach, right? So what do I know? But I think that I think it could have worked. What do you think? I think... I think Joe Barry, and again, I'm not a coach, so I don't know how to put this into action, but I think the philosophy would be to be the aggressor at all times, right? Because the Packers have had some bad defenses in the last decade, and then you kind of have to play zone because you can't trust individuals to sure. hold coverage. I want to play physical and and confident and aggressive defense and kind of, like, I want to be the aggressor and the attacker. And maybe that's man, or maybe you can find a way to do that in zone, but I want Joe Barry no, to run can, a scheme man. that, like, maximizes all the talent he has because he has a ton, so I, I want to take advantage of that. I, I think so, too, though. But you could, I mean, man, you got... You got Douglas, you got Stokes, you got Jair, you got, I mean, you got a lot of guys that can really play good coverage. Um, so, yeah, big presser, man-to-man coverage uh, up in your face at the line of scrimmage. I would love that, too. Um, and I think that's, hopefully, that's more of the approach that they play. Um, sorry about that. No, you're all good. Uh, downtown Madison, man. He's yeah. burning out in the driveway. Yeah. Love it. Um, uh yeah, so I mean, I think that I think that they should be playing that. I think they should be playing more of that press coverage because I think they have the personnel that do it, um, and I hope that's what we see kind of moving forward. Uh, read an interesting article today mm. about the five players Ohio State should be watching out for. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? I am. Uh, well, let's see. Or anyone in particular? You don't, you don't have to remember all five. No, I don't remember all five. But let's see. One was outside linebacker Braylon. Yeah. Uh, they talked about Mertz at seventy percent. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think we're going to give him fits. Everyone's like, "No, Brewers are going to make the playoffs." Yeah, that was an interesting topic I heard this morning. Do you have more faith in the Brewers making the playoffs or Wisconsin to beat Ohio State? I might. Ben Kenny might convince me. Kenny and Heilprin coming up tonight. I saw him tweet earlier today that he's talking himself into Wisconsin plus eighteen. Look, if Ben's spreading yeah. that, if Ben's spreading that <laughs> message, then I I might have to get in on that because that sounds fun. Yeah, get in on it. But you know, what Rowdy said this morning, "Well, I won't take him at seventeen, but I'll take him at 18. What? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I'd have you know, to, if you're gonna to do the math, 
no faith Rowdy has. No faith. I'm going to take them straight up. How does that sound? I don't even need any points. Yeah, money line. They're yeah. going to win outright. Let's yeah. be honest. Let's have some badger faith. <laughs> Fine. Someone will have some <laughs> faith in the state, and it'll be the guy who doesn't even live in Madison. Okay. Okay, Mike, i got to let you go because I just realized what time it is. Thanks for the call, man. It was nice to hear from you. All right. See ya. Yeah, that is Mike in uh, Windsor, but today dwelling in downtown Madison. I love how specific we are uh, on this show. Yeah, they canceled Freak Fest. They canceled Freak Fest. Again, I actually went to Freak Fest a couple of times, and I'm not saying it's overrated, but I would always get there and then kind of remember that I don't like Halloween. <laughs> it's just not really my thing. I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's basically just Halloween except on steroids. No wonder I don't have a good time. But I always kept going. I was rolling for Freak Fest. Fun thing to do every year. Let's take a break. I want to talk more about the Packers, and I want to look towards Tampa Bay. I got a tweet here from, uh, let's see, Bandoli Bronx Bombers 27 It's a very specific Twitter handle. Uh, and he said, at Wisco Grand, do Packers fans think this will be a competitive game against the Bucks? It better be. It better be a win. I'll accept nothing less, and we'll talk about that and why and all the things about Packers Buccaneers, especially that defensive front for Tampa. Really want to dig in on that. Coming up next, it's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I'm having an excellent night. Hope you are as well. Brewers going to try to get back to their winning ways after dropping. That came to the Yankees on Sunday, lost to the Mets last night. Luis Urias hitting cleanup tonight, so I'm sure the game will probably go great. <laughs> Call a Texas show if you'd like, 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I got a tweet here from Bandoli's Bronx Bombers. Got a Yankee Brewer Badger fan. I don't see an NFL affiliation in your Twitter bio. Uh, this guy tweets us from Eau Claire, possibly listening on Sports Talk 105.1. He asks, do the Packers fans really think this will be a competitive game against the Bucs? Uh, my brother, it should be It should be a win. In fact, I think the Packers must win this game, as we've talked about for a while. Right? This is the type of game that the Packers have lost for years. The Niners in 2019. Uh, last year, it was, well, who was it last year? So it was the Niners in 2019. In 2015, I was thinking of the games against the Cardinals and the game against the Broncos. They got blown away both times. The Broncos game was one of the worst games I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. Last year was the Saints, right? You go on the road, tough opponent or tough environment, and you just shut down. Completely 100% shut down. You're like, nope, that's it. Actually, 2019 was, yes, 2019 was the Niners, and then 2020 was the game against the Buccaneers, right? We all remember that game. This is one of those games, and this is the type of game that the Packers always lose. Got to win this game, especially to try to stick Tampa with a loss because they've won two really uninspiring games against offenses that haven't been able to get off the ground, and they might be without Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and Mike Evans. I'm kind of hoping Julio comes back a little bit because I need a fantasy wide receiver this week, and I got Mike Evans, who had... You know, I love that he's out against my Packers, but the fantasy owner, Grant Bills, is hurting right now. I lost last week, so I'm trying to get back and win, too. But the point, this is a game the Packers need to win, and now we learn today that Akeem Hicks is going to be out, which even furthers my stance on that. Packers have to win this game. 100% have to win this game. Got to get it done. It's a must win. I love talking about must win games. Love it. Steve is in Eau Claire, 608-796-2558. Let's talk to Steve. What's going on, Steve? 
Hey, Grant. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. How about you? Uh, it's good. I'm on my way to my hunting land to check some cameras. So. Oh, is that... Now, you have a cabin up north. Is it the same place, or do you have two retreats? I have two retreats. Oh. I got some uh, hunting land over in uh, Downsville, just uh, north of Menominee. Oh, north of... That'd be just south of Menominee. I, I hail from Menominee. Downsville is an excellent place. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's right in between Menominee and Downsville, right off the highway there. Oh, right on 25. Great highway. One of my favorite state highways. Anyways, yeah. anyways, yeah, that sounds oh, like a okay. blast. Go check yeah. some cameras. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, hey, uh, it was great to see the Packers win, um, but, uh, you know, it was against the Bears. Mm-hmm. That is <laughs> um, true. And, uh, you know, the, the defense really came out in the second half to play. Um, the only thing I worry about is the run defense. Yeah. It kind of seemed like that the backs for the Bears were able to uh, pretty much do what they wanted to do when they ran the ball. And I, I don't understand why that they got away from the run. Um, I don't know. I think if the Bears would have kept running the ball, that they would have gave Green Bay some fits. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these teams, the Packers will give up, you know, four or five yards a carry. The problem is you just can't score fast enough that way. You know what I mean? And, yes, if you run four yeah. yards a pop every play, in theory, you'll never be stopped. But right. penalties, right. fumbles, the right, it's just hard to consistently drive all the way down the field four yards at a pop. So I think what a lot of modern defenses do, Packers included, you'll give up four yards a carry on the ground because, you know, at some point you're going to get lucky on a negative play or a sack and then you just need to capitalize. I'm not too worried about the run right. defense yet. Let's see how Sunday goes with Leonard Fournette. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing that is, if all the receivers are hurt and suspended for Tampa, um, it, it's gonna, they're really going to have to rely on the run game. So I think our defense is going to have to be ready for that, you know. Um, hey, just another quick point I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Packers, the Packers' first game of the year, they just looked flat, mm-hmm. and they always get their hind ends handed to them. Do you think that's got anything to do with the starters not playing in preseason? I mean, I'm sure it has a little bit to do with not playing in the preseason. I just don't care. Like, I'm fine with them not playing. I'm resigned to that fact. Like, it's fine. If that means you're a little yeah. slow in week one, yeah. you should still be able to play better than that. I mean, I don't care if you... I don't care if you don't play in the preseason. You got to be a little bit better than that. Most teams don't play in the preseason. That's just how the league works now. Yeah. Right. I guess I've not minded him playing in preseason ever since Jordy Nelson tore up his knee that year. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's worth it. You hate to lose your. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways. All right. Well, hey, I'm almost in my land here, so I'm going to lose you, Grant. So, have a good night. God, I envy you. Have a good night, Steve. Yeah. Go check those cameras. Hope you get some big bucks. Check it. There's nothing like checking the trail cameras. If you've ne- if you've never and I don't hunt anymore for a million different reasons. If I had more time, if I lived somewhere like you know just how life works. But checking the trail cameras, oh, there's nothing. Be- there's nothing better. There's nothing better than checking the trail cameras. Getting the card back to your computer, punching it in, pup, 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 scrolling through, seeing if you got a big buck on there. You know, Steve, you enjoy the rest of your drive and you enjoy what should be a beautiful night out on your land. Yeah, the number one thing to worry about, Steve mentions the run defense of the Packers. I'm worried about protecting Aaron Rodgers. Because really, the Buccaneers haven't been incredible to start this year. Their offense has been struggling. Like Tom Brady's getting angry. Their offensive line can't protect. And the back end of their defense has given up some big plays. But mostly their defensive front has just smothered the Cowboys. Smothered, absolutely smothered the Saints on Sunday. 
Like, that's the unit you're going to have to neutralize. You're going to have to deal with Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Joy Tryon, Shoyinka, who's just a physical freak. Devin White's going to be flying around as well. Now Akeem Hicks is out of the mix, so that should help. Like, not to cheer for injuries, but it's an advantage, right? That's how the NFL works. Akeem Hicks isn't going to be playing. That's a unit that the Packers need to plan for. They can't waltz into this game and just expect for their offensive line, whether Bakhtiari's back or not, whether Elton Jenkins takes a step in the right direction or not. They can't just waltz into this game and expect to play their normal brand of offense and have good enough protection. Ball's going to have to come out quickly. They're going to have to scheme up wide receivers to get open a little bit quicker. Maybe not as many deep down the field developing shots, especially early in the game. And they need to stick to that plan. They can't come into the game executing, slicing and dicing, have a little success, and then abandon the plan. It's like medicine. You know, doctors tell you, you're going to start taking the medicine. You're going to feel better. Keep taking it. Don't stop taking it once you feel better. you got to finish everything in the bottle. That's sometimes Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. You can see that they come in with a great plan and the ball is coming out quickly and they're running the ball. And then maybe they get up seven to nothing or they start feeling good. And then you start improvising a little bit. Aaron Rodgers starts running around. They start trying to do, no, no, no. Got to stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. The Packers are going to have to come in with a plan and really execute that plan against the Buccaneers front seven because that unit is is nuts. There's a lot of good, fast, hard-hitting physical players. That's the type of position group that has just made the Packers inept. Uh, and they did it in 2020. The Niners did it in 2019. We know we talked about this a couple minutes ago. FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. What's up, Fred? Not too much. How about you, Grant? Uh, I am doing well. Now I'm a little jealous of Steve because it sounds kind of nice to take a drive out to the woods and enjoy some nice fall air. I'm a little jealous. I'm having I'm having trouble getting over that. Yeah, on this beautiful day, you should be outside. Uh, I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm going to have to go for a walk after work. I'm going to try to go outside. But, yeah, what's going on with you? Uh, so a couple of takeaways from that Sunday night game. Yeah. Uh, number one. That Packers offensive line scares me. It just doesn't seem to be able to block very well in the passing department to protect Rodgers. Their run, their run blocking is phenomenal, which you you want with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon back there. Yeah. Number two, Chicago looked a lot better than I thought they were going to look. Really? Well, in what yeah. way? In what what way specifically? Just as an all-around team, normally when you see the Bears play, you get a you just get a lackluster event, and that defense looked a lot better than I thought it was going to. All right. They still don't have a wide receiver court, so who cares about that? And I thought their run game was pretty well, too. Yeah. David Montgomery's just a physical back. I think the Packers in the second half, they just weren't too interested in tackling. I think the Bears, their deficiencies, they just don't have very many good players. And it's a bummer because you have Justin Fields on a rookie deal. I don't know if Justin Fields is good or not. But, like, the Eagles didn't really know if Jalen Hurts was great, and they built a great roster around him anyways. They're like, well, if he's not great, we'll deal with that later. Let's take advantage of this opportunity, get a bunch of great players. But then again, the Bears are in a different spot. They didn't have the draft picks or the cap space. But I think what ails the Bears is truly just they don't have very many good players at all. Well, I think Collinsworth touched on that on Sunday night. because he, I think at one point he said they pretty much shared away every single big contract they had, and they went with mediocre veterans for a minimal price just yeah. to get just build the team together to start trying to rebuild this. But enough about the Bears. Packers have to win on Sunday, like you said. Yes, they, they have do. to. Yes. I don't like saying it's a must win in week three. I do. But if, there, okay. but if there was ever a must win, 
you have to beat Tampa. I'll say it. I'll, I'll be the one to say it. I, I will be the one to take the heat if there's heat and be that guy for saying something stupid like it's a must-win game in week three. Because I think it's a must-win. This is a huge game. Yes, I because Tampa's playing like junk right now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they've scored more than 14 points in a game, have they? Uh, it's a great question. Well, their defense scored a touchdown for them the other day. So that, I mean, that's going to make it look a little different. I have the score. Hold on, hold on. They won 20 to 10 on Sunday, but then there was a defensive touchdown. So you're right. That would have put them at 14. And then they beat the Cowboys 19 to three, just a field goal kicking contest. Yeah. So it's, you're basically going back to back against two not very well teams right now. And if you don't go, if you don't beat Tampa, Mm -hmm. I think that brings up a lot more questions than it does answers for Green Bay. Yeah. And when, and I kind of noticed when Green Bay doesn't have to deal with a lot of the outside stupid questions about does Rodgers trust his wide receivers? Does Rodgers want to be here? When Green Bay just gets to concentrate on winning, yeah. Green Bay fights. It's when all this outside stupid talk starts coming in that you, you notice that Green Bay starts getting frustrated. Because yeah. they're not, they don't get to deal with their on-field uh, game plan. They got to deal with the press uh, game plan. Yeah, this Packers team—they're weird. They're weird. They're unlike any team in the league. They need things to be a certain way, and it's a process. And we're going through the process as we had, you know, for the last couple of years. We've been on this ride before. I got to take a break because I get into an update to Mike Clements, FedEx Fred. But I appreciate the call. It was nice to chat. Yep, better. Yeah, have a good one. And I do have to take a break because I got to get to Mike's update. Thank you, FedEx Fred. Thank you, Stephen O'Claire. Wisco Chad, Mike and Windsor, just a couple of awesome Packers calls. It's some good conversation going. Bring it up in the Bears game and the Tampa Bay game. We're talking about a little of both. I want to talk more about the Bears game after 5 o'clock. Let's get an update from Mike Clemens, and we can finish off this Tampa Bay defensive front topic. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Packers review the tape of their game against the Bears. Up next, they face the Buccaneers Sunday in Tampa. The Bucks held on to win their game over the Saints, but wide receiver Mike Evans has been suspended for fighting with New Orleans' Marshawn Lattimore. Bucks head coach Todd Bowles. Yes, he'll get one game. I found that about 10 minutes ago. He'll have a one-game suspension. Like I said, the fighting alone loses a player for the next game. It hurts our team because we lose a very good ball player. You know, we got to move forward and try to find a way to win without him. Green Bay got the running game going in part thanks to the return of Elton Jenkins to the offensive line. Aaron Rodgers after the game Sunday night. The definition of success isn't always measured in stats. And for Elton, I thought tonight was an absolute success. Uh, he's been out for a long time, and he's battled in practice and battled in his rehab, and he went out there and played an NFL football game. That, to me, is a successful night. Jenkins is back at right tackle after suffering a torn ACL last November in Minnesota. I'm proud of myself by coming back. Don't feel like I really played my best game. It feel good being out there, being able to impose our will on other guys. But, um, you know, we got things that we can clean up, you know, throughout the week, rust and all that, and technique and all that to make sure we perform at the level that I can perform at. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur on how Jenkins performed. There's certainly some plays I'm sure he'd like to have back, but I thought he did an outstanding job, especially the first time back out there. Elton holds himself to such a high standard that I'm sure he's not going to be happy with it because if there's one play that he could improve upon, then he's not going to be satisfied with that. So that's just the, the type of mentality he has and his presence out there alone. 
I think, provided a huge spark. And I said it last night, and I'll say it again. I don't know if we win that football game if Felton Jenkins isn't playing for us. That's Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Thank you, Mike. Mike Clemens will join us at 5.30. A couple of things I want to touch on before we break here at 5 o'clock. We're talking about Tampa Bay's defensive front and how the Packers are going to have to be ready. They're going to have to scheme. They're going to have to protect Aaron Rodgers. Stats, like pressures and sacks, not as much of an offensive line thing as some would want you to believe. Quarterbacks have a lot of control over sacks. Not total control, but a lot of control over sacks. For example, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times in 16 regular season games last year. The Bengals rebuilt basically their entire offensive line. Spent money, upgraded. It's a good offensive line, right? Four new starters. And through two games, seven sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Jeez. Jeez. It's a nutty pace. Joe Burrow is on pace for... (laughs) Joe Burrow's on pace to be sacked 90 times this season. The NFL record is 76. That coming on Twitter from friend of show Danny Heifetz, who should join us later this week. I think I'm going to talk to him tomorrow, like I said. Uh, but it, knock on wood, they don't jinx it. Something doesn't come up. Hoping to get with Heifetz. But yeah, quarterback's got a lot of control over it. Joe Burrow holds the ball too long. right? Andrew Luck held the ball too long. Russell Wilson holds the ball too long. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, at times holds the ball too long. Got to get it out. And that's got to be a part of the game plan all week. Ball's coming out quickly. Routes develop quickly. Guys are getting open quickly. Everything's happening quickly. And then you can make up for inexperience, youth, or uncertainty on the offensive line because we're just in this state of limbo with David Bakhtiari. Holy smokes, I got to take a break here. Let's talk Packers Bears coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm going to keep improving and, and find a way to get those young guys confident and get them the ball. But if we can run the ball like we did today, it alleviates a lot of the stress that we could feel had we not had Tony over. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Back at like 420, we got a call from Chad in Sun Prairie, uh, also known aka as Wisco Chad. It's his call sign on the morning show, and I hear him call in from the afternoon show, Bill Michaels. And he mentioned the idea that Kevin O'Connell had some success week one against the Packers because no one knew what to expect. And then last night, Eagles saw a little bit of what the Vikings looked like. They had a good idea on how to defend it and attack it, and they were able to go off that tape, right? The idea that, and he referenced, when a major league pitcher is called up from the minors and no one knows what to expect, so they have success right away against major league hitting. And I I think we should coin it the Taylor Youngman principle, right? Because Taylor Youngman was unbelievable. I remember when he got called up right away and I thought he was going to be so good and then he was trash. So I think that I want to refer to that as the Taylor Youngman principle. We already have the Dave Bush line, which we've established as the Mendoza line for starting pitchers. Essentially, if a pitcher is greater than or equal to Dave Bush, he can occupy a long-term spot in my starting rotation. I want the worst guy in my rotation to be better or equal to Dave Bush, right? So we have the Dave Bush line, the Taylor Youngman principle. I'm trying to think of other 
things that we've coined or uh, or come up with on this show. If you think of any, if you can remember any, please let me know. 608-796-2558. I want to talk Packers. I want to talk Bears in the next hour of the Wisco Sports Show. And Mike Clements is going to be here at 530. I want to dig a little bit deeper into the idea that Packers-Bears on Sunday Night Football has been poor. And the games have sucked. And some people don't want it on Sunday Night Football anymore. And we talked about this just briefly yesterday. I think we should talk more about this because I think it's kind of a fun topic. It's not X's and O's, but I get tired of X's and O's. I don't want to talk about man versus zone defense the entire show. We got to have a little fun. So I want to talk about the idea that Packers Bears shouldn't have it on primetime anymore. I want to talk about that. And I'd love for you to join in. 608-796-2558. This all started yesterday with our friend from Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt. I want to play this clip. And this is what I want to talk about. No more Bears Packers in primetime. <laughs> and more appropriately, no Moss. Uh, I understand they have to play twice a year. This mm-hmm. is what they have to do. We don't need to see that. Let's put them in my 1 p.m. window, just let it roll. How many times do we have to see a nationally televised ass whooping of the Packers <laughs> over the Bears? If it's not Aaron Jones, it's Jordy Nelson, it's Antonio Freem, it's just, it's the same game every time. You put it there and you think, Great! Bears, Packers, it's Nitschke and Butkus, and it's a rivalry. No, it's not. It hasn't been for a long, Curly long Lambo. time. Curly Lambo! No, no, I don't hear about Curly Lambo. I don't, uh, it's, you think it's this Yankees-Red Sox thing? The Yankees don't beat the Red Sox by 12 runs every yeah. single time they play. Well, baseball's a little bit different than football, but I understand. Right? We shouldn't have Bears, Packers on Sunday Night Football. It always stinks. The games are never good. Well, there's a lot of bad games all the time. There's bad games at 3.30. There's bad games at noon. There's bad games on Monday night. There were two pretty uncompetitive Monday night games last night. But it's not just about getting a quality football game that comes down to the wire. It's about tradition. It's about character. It's about history. Kyle Brandt continues. It's a lot of great history between the Bears and the Packers. None of it is recent. Rodgers' margin of victory over the Bears in prime time is over 15 points a game. (laughs) Favre's margin of victory was over 16 points a game. Look at the scoreboard, guys. It says 17 points. I love the Bears organization. They're working on some stuff. They're doing some stuff. In the meantime, no moss. No moss. And it would be one thing if the Packers just won all the time. It is a a mercy rule boat race every time we watch the game. Rodgers just passed Drew Brees for the top five in passing touchdowns versus one opponent. Just some stat that nobody cares about. It seems great on paper. I'm asking. Who's that? Mike North, our guy? I'm asking you, Mike, please, as a Chicagoan, but also as an American, (laughs) we don't need to see that anymore. I would rather have Jaguars Jets. We've done the Packers. Bears thing. If Rogers leaves, let's talk. But until then, no moss. It's over. Schedule maker. You're asking Park Avenue. Yes, yeah. I am. How yes. are cats? I'm not asking them. I'm, I'm, I'm telling them. No. Uh, we're going to keep Packers Bears, and we should get it once a year on Sunday Night Football. It's the Midwest. I love it. And the games stink. And my Packers, look, they're always winning, so it's easy for me to say. Bears, get better. Just get better. It would be better for the league. It would be better for the division certainly be more interesting. I'd certainly be probably having some deeper conversations about what happened in yesterday's game or in Sunday's game if the Bears were better, but they're not. I will take an old-fashioned old man stance on this. Tradition is important, right? We need to celebrate tradition. We need to celebrate the history of the Packers and the Bears. We need to celebrate rivalry. We need to celebrate the Midwest. Why am I the only one who wants to celebrate this great region that we live in? It's a great part of the country, the breadbasket of the country, industry, and economy around the Great Lakes. Oh, 
I love it. Tradition is important. You know, this generation, this generation, they, they don't they don't want to do what's important. They don't want to do things that matter. They don't want to do things based on tradition. They just want to do what feels good. It doesn't feel good to watch Packers Bears. To quote Frank Barone, and if you watched Everybody Loves Raymond, love this line. You think Korea felt good? <laughs> this generation you just want to do what feels good. You think Korea felt good? In my day, nothing felt good. Love Everybody Loves Raymond. Possibly the greatest sitcom ever. Probably not, but it's up there. Big Joe, 608 What's up, Big Joe? What's up, Grant Bills? How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing swell. I'm a little annoyed that some people want to take away our Packers Bears on Sunday Night Football. I don't like that. You know what? It's a tradition, buddy, and I'm doing well myself. Just got yeah, done with a 10-hour workday, so. <laughs> no, I'm good. Just got done with a 10-hour workday. Good. Putting in that, you're making that money, Big Joe. Too many people this generation, they don't want to work anymore. I'm glad to see that you're working an honest job for honest wages. That's the way it should be. Evo's always proud of me when I work hard at work. <laughs> well, he should be. Evo's a hardworking man as well. We don't have enough people in this world like Evo. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's the, he's the last true family man to quote uh, Christmas vacation. He's the last true family man. That is, uh, that is, <laughs> that is one way to describe Evo, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Hey, uh, Grant, no, the reason for my call, I want to talk about the Packers and the Bears with you since you're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, during, during the spring, Chicago has my favorite comedy. It's the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> and during the fall, they have my other favorite comedy, you know, the Chicago Bears. It is, um, it is kind of funny. Look, if I'm going to watch a bad game, a non-competitive game on primetime, I want to watch one team smoke the other one. Like, it is fun to watch Josh Allen last night. Like, Josh Allen, that game wasn't close, but it was fun to watch Josh Allen smoke the Titans. He, you see how good Josh Allen was. my fantasy last night. Yeah, yeah. I, I have Allen in my fantasy league, and going into last night, I was down by six grand. Get ready. I had Josh Allen, and I had Delvin Cook, so I felt really good. Yeah, light work. That was light work for you. And people with Stephon exactly, Diggs last night would have had a good night as well. Yeah, I want to keep Packers-Bears, and it's on the Bears to just be better, like make some of these games better. I don't know. It's not It's not. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. the, thing, the thing that's really upsetting me, Grant, and I'm still old school. I'm not streaming at my house for TV. Yeah. I still have dish. On Thursday night, so I just, you know what, like last week, you had the Chargers and the Chiefs. I wanted to watch the game, but I don't have Amazon Prime, so I had to go to a bar to, just to watch it. And they didn't even have it on. Uh, we're going to do this with Amazon. Amazon Prime's not that hard. I mean, I get not everyone has Amazon Prime. Right. And, wrong, but let's, you know, it's sad for me, Grant, because guess what? I work for Amazon. I should have Prime, really? but I have an Echo Dot. I took that as my free gift. Yeah, they should give you Amazon Prime if you work there. That's how that should work. Yeah, that sounds like a good deal. We should bring that up with them. Uh, like Evo told me though, when I talked to him off air, when we, uh, I saw him at Pruley's a couple weeks back, he goes, Big Joe Bezos, your boss, isn't the greatest guy though? I go, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know how receptive Bezos and Amazon would be to, you know, suggestions like that. I appreciate the call, Big Joe. Yeah, I, look, I don't know what to tell you. If you, if you want to watch, get Amazon Prime. It's not that expensive. Just get rid of one of your other streaming services. That's what I do. I'm always shuffling in and out. Like right now. I am still paying for AMC Plus. I know Better Call Saul's over, but I'm still paying for it. I'm still paying for it because I want to finish Mad Men ad-free, and then when I finish this, I'm going to get rid of it, and I'm probably going to add something else. I don't know what. I also have really amassed a great collection of other people's usernames and passwords, uh, which makes streaming much cheaper, in some instances free, uh, because they forget that I'm 
<laughs> forget that I'm using it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was actually, he went on the Pat McAfee show today. I didn't know if this would come up or not. And he was asked about the Packers-Bears rivalry and how these games aren't close and, you know, what it means to play on Sunday Night Football and whether or not they should keep doing it. Uh, so I saved a couple of these clips. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about Packers-Bears and what it means on Sunday night. Words are spells, uh, and they are spelled a certain way or pronounced a certain way, and there is power in the specific word. So you just used the word drunk, uh, right, to refer to ayahuasca. Hold on. Actually, hold on. I played the wrong one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, excuse me. No, I'll get it. Aaron Rodgers on the Packers-Bears rivalry and what it means on Sunday night football and why we should keep it on Sunday night football. Think about the word uh, fat and sugar when it comes to food. Right? Hold on. Fat, oh, you know, br- uh, brings uh, a- an image of uh, oh, unhealthiness and maybe obesity. Okay, hold on. This uh, is the wrong one. Uh, this is, I know this is the correct one. I got it. Process of elimination. That's the only cut I have left. This, I only cut four pieces of the Pat McAfee show today. This is the last one. Aaron Rodgers on the Packers-Bears rivalry and how it hasn't been competitive, but it means the world to everyone and we should keep it on Sunday Night Football. You know, marijuana a drug, which is a plant. Oh, oh, Ayahuasca oh. a drug, which is a plant. Psilocybin, a drug that's a fungi, fungi. Uh, also comes from the earth. Then you think about medicine, right? Me- what is medicine? Yeah, medicine is medicine. like, oh, you know, I'm going to take my uh, my daily medicine, my aspirin. Okay, that's a- that, I guess I, I thought I had Aaron Rodgers on Packers Bears. They must have not talked about it today. Funny how that goes. Eric on I-90, 608 What's up, Eric? Well, I'll stay on topic with the show. Okay. Um, you're talking about the Bears, Packers. You know, the, the the Packers win that game. if They played it on Saturday night at midnight. Yes. And that doesn't have anything to do with it, right? Yeah, but it, but it's there's something prestigious. I that's a that's an old school classic rivalry game, and it's highlighted on on in the time slot and on the network where the family has gathered around the television to wrap up their Sunday before going into the week. I, there is something significant about having that matchup on Sunday Night Football, and I weirdly am ready to die on this hill if I have to. Right. I mean, when I was a kid, they used to play the Wizard of Oz at the same time every year. We used to watch that. That was always the same. Yeah, and, yeah, and I remember when I was little, Eric, it would be on TBS once a year, and we'd go nuts. We'd sit down as a family and watch it. Right, and then there was, you know, there was those Christmas shows, you know, Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. We always knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Tradition so is important, it. Eric. It's tradition, and tradition, tradition matters. I mean, I know it's important. To, Aaron Rodgers said that he was really proud of his accomplishment of really beating the Bears a lot. Yeah. Right? Yes. He did. Yes. I mean, we never hear Tom Brady saying how he was so proud that he beat up the Buffalo Bills yeah. for 15 years. But if Aaron Rodgers is proud of that, that's great. No, that's I, great. Eric, I, I think I actually have a clip of Aaron Rodgers talking about how he's proud to beat up the Chicago Bears. This is from today's Pat McAfee show. This is how words are used in our society to create a bias against certain things. Okay, never mind. I thought... I guess they didn't talk about bears at all today. I guess they were just talking about uh, drugs. My bad, Eric. They weren't uh, talking about Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you also want to talk about your Vikings last night. I don't want to take that away from you. Let's talk about that game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so bad. It was almost like, and I'm not, and I'm not doing that. It was almost like I was watching the game the week before, but the Vikings were the Packers. Yeah. And it, it was because. 
and I think what happened there, I don't know what happened, but I can tell you this. The Vikings' defense was playing zone defense, but they weren't defending any of the players that came into the zone. Does that sound right? I mean, it was yes. like yes. those zones made a touchdown last night, but the guys running through the zones with the ball did. I, um... I, well, first of all, that's excellent. And yes, I think you're exactly right. It's not the defense that gave it up. The guys, that's the thing about playing a zone. Like you put the onus on the wide receiver to find the soft spot and take advantage of it. I, I noticed some similarities too, because Irv Smith drops that big touchdown and then Kirk Cousins seemingly got frustrated and kind of, kind of pulled, you know, he started just pulling into a shell a little bit. So I, I weirdly thought there were some Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers comparisons from last Sunday to last night. Yeah, I mean Kirk Cousins. I mean, yeah, it was a bad. It was it was it was a bad game on his part, and I really wish that he would have not thrown those interceptions until fourth down. But he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? I mean, because you know they're going for it. He, he, right? He's like, yeah. you know, what choice does he have? He does. He did have choices in those situations just to take the sack, yeah, and then live to fight another day, but. You know, it just didn't work out that way. So, oh, well, we always have we have games like this every year. Yeah. Hey, hey, Eric, I'll, I'll help I you mean, feel better here. We talk about sports every night on this show. So if you listen every night, yeah. and I have to listen because I'm the one doing the show. But if you consume all two hours of the show every night or you listen to Bill Michael, like we talk about every detail, but our teams are supposed to lose games here and there. Like, I know we talk about losses. Oh, this can't happen. This can't happen. But it, but it does. Like each of our teams are going to lose some games this year. And that's fine. My team lost to your team last week. Your team lost to the Eagles last night. This is part of the natural life cycle of our team. We don't need to really get bent out of shape about it. You know what I mean? No, no, you don't. You don't. But you know, you know how it is when you're, especially on Sunday nights and Monday night games. What I hate about that is if you win, it's all right. But if, when you wake up the next morning, oh. for me, it's the first thing on my mind. Yep. I don't know if it's like that with you. But, I mean, the first thing comes to my mind is, like, God, we suck. Right? <laughs> yeah. Dude. So, Eric, I every year, and I tweeted about this, I think, in January, when the Packers lose in the playoffs, it's the same thing when I wake up in the morning. There's that split second before I really get my brain turned on. I'm like, oh, what a beautiful day. I'm happy to be alive. And then within a second or two, my brain's like, hey, remember your Packers lost in a playoff game in horrific fashion yesterday. And there it is. There, but for that split second when I wake up and I, I forget about it the next day, it's great. And then it just, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And it's the first thing you think about. It's the There's a fraction of a second there where it's all right. Mm-hmm. And then you're like... Well, I came into that game with high hopes last night, and, you know, we lived to fight another day. We got the Lions this week, and the Lions are a better team, I, from what I'm hearing, uh, than they were last year. I don't know if that's the case. Oh, yeah. I thought the Vikings were better than they were last year, but now I don't know. We'll see. I think the okay. Vikings will be, but you got a new coach. There's growing pains with the new coach. It's bound to happen, but still better than Zimmer. Like, everyone is angry with Zimmer all the time. Like, you're, you're in a better spot. Eric, I have to get to Mike Clements in about I, 10 I, minutes. So I, I hate to do this. I have to let yep. you go. Have a good night. Yeah, no problem, bud. Talk to you later. Yeah, Eric on I-90. Thank you, Eric. I don't like cutting callers off, but also we talk for a while. Like, that's how the show works. Also, for those of you that are texting and tweeting in that I am playing the wrong sound bites, I, I, it, was, it was a joke. 
the, the joke being that Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show today and I was hoping that he was going to talk about Packers Bears on Sunday Night Football and why it's a tradition that he likes. And instead, really, all I got was this. This is how words are used in our society to create a bias against certain things. So it, it was a joke. Everything that happens on this show happens exactly how I want it to. Exactly how I planned. I am calculated. I am prepared. I, I am dialed in for these two hours. If something comes through your speakers, it's because that I planned it. Both so those guys that, oh, wake up shoot, and it's the best I didn't mean to click that. It's because I planned it that way, and I, I meant to do it. Let's take a break. We'll get to Mike Clemens at 530. A couple more things I want to hit on next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We have a little breaking news, uh, and it's NBA news. And you just got to you got to let me do this. I, I know it's it's not this time of year, but you got it. I, I, I we need the music for like twenty seconds. Let's just pretend we're in the NBA lounge for a sec. The Utah Jazz and center Micah Potter have agreed on a two-way NBA contract. Potter spent part of last season with Detroit. That comes from Shams and Sharania. So I tweeted at Wisco Grant. If this story isn't leading Kenny and Heilprin tonight, starting in 40 minutes, I don't want to listen to Kenny and Heilprin tonight. Just as plain and simple. Ben responded to my tweet. Does a two-way contract in the NBA mean he's mobile? Uh, no. If he's signing a two-way with the Jazz, it means he stinks because the Jazz want to be garbage. Uh, so maybe they should should call up. I was going to say they should call up Brownson Koenig, too, if they want to tank. But you know what? Like, I... I kind of feel like Bronson Koenig should have had a spot in the NBA. That man could just make shots. There should always be a room in the association for a shot maker. He's a shot maker. I would want that on my team. I don't know. I don't know what that guy's got going on. 608-796-2558. Daryl is here. Daryl, what's going on? Daryl had a couple of things he wanted to mention. Number one, the networks, I believe, pick the games uh, as far as what games will be played on Sunday night yes. as they do for... As for what they do for um, Monday Night Football, I think they so, bid. don't they bid on the games. I think I'm not sure. No, 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 no. They 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 pick on they pick the games. What they look at the schedule as far as it comes out, and they pick the games that they're going to want for um, uh, their network as far as it goes for what they want to show. However, and I repeat, however, later in the season, Sunday night gets to make the changes as far as it goes too. They have that flex part of it. So in the second half of the um, uh, Sunday night schedule, uh, they they make the flex picks just because of the games that are, uh, you know, after the first half of the season, what games are going to be more playoff oriented. Okay. Monday night was the one that Monday night used to complain all the time. They used to get all the um, uh, people used to complain about all the crummy games because why? Because they didn't have a flex means to get out of it. That's why Sunday night decided that's what they were going to do. So NBC when NBC took took that as far as it goes they, they fixed that as far as it goes so that way NBC Sunday night games would be good games right. now the first half of the first half of the season obviously you got if you get a Bears Packer game as far as it goes which by the way was being sold as Justin Fields leading the Bears if you really looked at what was being sold as far as that goes mm-hmm. leading the Bears against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers now obviously we both know that the Bears don't have much talent beyond that 
yet. But besides that, uh, that's the only way you can showcase that game other than the rivalry. The other thing I wanted to point out to you, too, that I wanted to throw in here as far as that mix against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Remember when they, when they brought up Caleb Jones, the big, big mammoth tackle? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I would do. There would be downs, down situations where I would use Caleb either in a tight end position or use him as a fullback Whoa. in the backfield or, or use a wishbone type offense to give because Tampa Bay would not see, have seen uh, a wishbone offense. They certainly but wouldn't see they, they could use it. They wouldn't see it coming, but Caleb, whether he's on the line or in the backfield being the lead blocker, would really smash some one of those guys trying to think they're going to come through that. And I would like to see some smash mouth. Let's let's uh, beat up on their defensive line a little bit by using some some power power means as far as it goes to maybe get these guys to think twice about um, uh, rushing every down. A few, a few of those kind of plays, and I think. They'll have to, their motors might get a little t- uh, tuned down a little bit. Well, I think if you have to deal with a guy who's six seven and coming at you full speed with the ball, and Daryl, we got to get to Mike Clements, and I, I appreciate you calling, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I wishbone with man, I don't know what to do with that. Wishbone with Caleb Jones, just get that get that house of bricks moving full speed. I think the Packers are gonna have to pass a lot. I, I'm actually I'm on the other side of this, Daryl. I think they're gonna have to pass a lot. So their offensive line isn't asked to run block every play. I think it's a really tough assignment. I think it's a pass to run, a pass to set up the run, and you're going to have to pass quickly. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get Mike Clements on the horn, talk Packers, and maybe we'll ask about some wishbone. The folks want wishbone. Let's talk about wishbone. That's coming up next. We'll talk Packers, Bears, and Packers, Bucks with Mike Clements next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. got the, the huddle. I was like, hey, after I scored a touchdown here, just so we could bring up the energy and the juice, I was like, I'm going to pour you guys some tea. I want you guys to drink the tea and do with it as you would like to. So we saw a different a variety of celebrations after drinking the tea. I was going to clean my room. Alan Lassard. There's the first time for everything Mike Clements is here. You've covered the Packers for a long time. Uh, you've probably never seen a celebration like this in a game. Probably never covered a story quite like this. No, as a matter of fact, when he scored the touchdown, I saw there was some kind of celebration going on. But, you know, I'm up in the press box. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm like, looking at numbers, and I'm trying to think, okay, who are the Bears going to replace and blah, blah. Okay, whatever the celebration. And then we're in the locker room, and there's 20 reporters around Allen. And someone said, yeah, what, so what was that? You're pouring or drinking something? And then I hear him say it was a tea party. So, you know, I'm holding a microphone. I'm like, oh, it was, a, you know, it's like, well, I can hardly wait to see the NBC footage, of, you know, close to a tea party. What? Yeah. A bunch of grown men. And so when the thing all broke up, I said to one of the TV reporters, tea party? And they go, Mike, it's that stuff that Rogers was taking. Ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, like they're having an ayahuasca tea party. I'm like, oh my god. You know what? Because I... it makes me it makes me feel so old. Like, well, you know, I didn't get the joke. Yeah, I um, 
it's just such a niche drug. Not that I'm an expert on drugs, but the kids do talk about drugs. This is not normally one that's like in the mainstream of drug convert. You know, you know what I mean. It's not like well, this drug well, is something yeah. that everyone talks about all the time. It's a little bit more niche. But I, the, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the, the, the kids and your 38 year old uh, Green Bay Packer quarterback for two and a half hours on Joe Rogan talking <laughs> yeah. about these things. I wish. Um, matter, matter of fact, over the weekend, yeah, a friend of mine tipped me off. I didn't realize this. Bill Maher. I like his stuff, you know, Friday nights on HBO. Yeah. He's got a podcast now. It's like the second one he's done. It's from his house. He's sitting in a basement. It's kind of a groovy 70s hip lounge thing. He's talking to Aaron Rodgers for two hours, and Bill Maher right, lights up a joint right there while they're doing the little chat. Uh. I I watched about four or five minutes of it. It's on YouTube. And Bill just kept on talking about himself and how good he is, uh, you know, at basketball in his driveway. <laughs> And uh, how, you know, pot relaxes him and all this. And it's like there was no questions for Aaron. I was like, okay, I got some game tape to look at. <laughs> you gotta, I'll catch up with this later. you got to prioritize what you consume and what yeah. you're watching. No, I, I get you for right. sure. And so, yeah. so Lazard then was asked, uh, so when all those players were on you, and, and you know, he said in the huddle, hey, if I get a touchdown, we're going to have a tea party celebration. Okay. So all the other players, you know, the linemen are pretending to drink cups of tea as he's pouring it with the football. And then uh, Rodgers seems to just kind of freak out in his eyes. And so Alan was asking, you know, did Aaron Rodgers know what the tea celebration was all about? Uh, he must have because he, I feel like he had probably the best reaction. I think it just like the tea just overtook his body. <laughs> he kind of just sees something just come up out of him, which is pretty cool. You know, I wish in the moment I would have thought, to tweet this joke and said, oh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers must be paying tribute to uh, the late Queen of England who just passed away by by That's doing right. a ceremonial English tea. Right. Why did I not think of that in the moment? <laughs> would have been funny. Yeah. Shoot. Tea time as a tip of the cap to the British Empire. Yeah, That's exactly. That Something been... like that. Oh, oh yeah. Shoot. So uh, Aaron Rodgers had a quarterback rating of 131. But, you know, he, he had that bad exchange with uh, A.J. Dillon in the backfield there. Um, and he said that he missed some throws. And so Rodgers, I thought it was interesting. This is a little different. Uh, despite having two touchdowns, a QBR 131, he didn't think he played that well against Chicago Sunday night. I didn't play great, you know. And I feel like the stats look a little better than the game. You know, the standard I set for myself is pretty high. I feel like it is attainable, and my definition of success, I feel like, rests uh, gently on my my shoulders and my ego, but I missed some throws that I should never miss, and, and there were some opportunities for more points out there. I mean, I feel like the ball to Allen on the right uh, sideline on the first drive uh, is a ball I should hit, should be thrown higher and more outside. I should have been a touchdown. And then I had a just real ugly one to AJ there in the uh, first quarter as well. But um, So I got to play better moving forward, especially if as the you know, I think next week this is going to be a really good football team in Tampa, and obviously they're going to be expecting to be playing in January. So I'm going to keep improving and and finding ways to get those young guys confident and get them the ball in certain spots. But if we can run the ball like we did today, it alleviates a lot of the stress that uh, that we could feel had we not had 200 yards rush. You know, Mike, I was talking a little bit about this yesterday. Maybe Rodgers is is just an athlete that needs a little time to ramp up. I think even on Sunday, some passes that he completed, maybe a little bit behind or a little bit high. Like I, 
I think he's just getting sighted in and dialed in. And maybe at this age, especially, maybe he's not going as hard in the off season and maybe he's truly having an off season and it takes him a little time to play his way back into it. Uh, and I think it's the Devonte Adams thing too. Yeah. He doesn't have that number one clear cut guy to go to right now to bail him out in this situation. And so, you know, when the great thing was how well the ball was spread around, you know, Sammy Watkins, three catches or three receptions, Aaron Jones with three, Randall Cobb with three, 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 two, two, one, you know, like over almost 10 guys, uh, cabinet. And then you, you know, you five for nine on third down, not bad, 414 yards, uh, total offense, 37 minutes, total domination of the clock. The offense, to me, you know, this is the Matt LaFleur offense that you know they sent him to Green Bay for, thinking if we're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers and someday it'll be love, this is what the offense should look like with, uh, you know, A.J. Dillon uh, crashing up uh, the middle, Aaron Jones getting out in space in the outside zone runs, uh, and then that sets up your play action and, you know, the dump-off passes. I mean, that's the way of the offense and all the misdirection as well. And I, you know, don't just, I thought the Bears, though, they've, they've still got some players. They were picking for the pass. They were picking on this Kyler Gordon yeah. rookie, number six, you know. But Jaquan Brisker, number nine, like a safety, they would bring him up. That that kid's a player. Jalen Johnson's a good corner. They Agreed. sort of played away from him. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith could use some help with linebacker. And then between Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson, I mean, they were putting pressure on Rodgers and beating him. And Lafleur said, if we didn't have, if we didn't have Elton Jenkins back at right tackle, uh, we might not have won this game. And you know, I've been talking about. I thought that the backup center, Jake Hansen, a right guard, he gave me problems in the preseason and I and, and against Minnesota. They were keying on him and getting past him. So to take Big Royce Newman, move him back to right guard, and Elton Jenkins at right tackle, even though Jenkins gave up two sacks. Uh, you know, Lafleur said that that's a better that's a better offensive line. We're closer to what where we need to be. The other thing I think was that this was an interesting question to see how that was, was more of a fifty fifty game, and to think that your quarterback is thirty eight years old and you know been hit as many times as he has the last two weeks of the season. Are you sort of turning Aaron Rodgers into a game manager? They're definitely not a game manager because there's so much that we put on his shoulders in terms of him getting us in into the right place. I mean, that, that takes a lot, you know, running around. I thought early on it felt like the rush was kind of getting to him a little bit. I mean, we, we didn't have great protection. And just to have that mental toughness, because that's, that's not easy when you feel that barreling down on you and you get sacked a couple times. And every time he gets hit, I, I cringe. Uh, just, hey, man, I, I want him to get up and he, he he does so much for this football team and just the way he leads our guys and he, he, I thought he played outstanding. You know, game manager, probably just the, the connotation of that phrase. You know, Aaron Rodgers on McAfee today talking about the power that words have and, you know, the, the whole societal thing. We were talking a little bit about that before we came on the air, Mike, but I think game manager carries a negative connotation, but the way I think about it, Aaron Rodgers is the instrument of Matt LaFleur in this offense to implement whatever game plan works best that week. So if it's going to be a game plan of this, that, and the other thing, then it's Aaron Rodgers' job to go out there and make that happen, right? And maybe game manager isn't the the right way to put it, but he is going out there and maybe some weeks being asked to do a little bit less or a little bit more, depending on the matchup. 
Well, and the other thing is that while they try and continue to develop the pass game and the chemistry with the receivers and, you know, get Watson and Romeo Dobbs up to where they need to be, it's great to see them get short passes to those guys just so they can get the feel of the football and some contact. I mean, let's face it, it is September. It is part of the NFL preseason now, the way things are laid out. Yeah. The other thing um, is this. Aaron, big picture, a lot of Aaron's statements about the media – after 18 years in the spotlight, is you know he he hates that you know players become uh, you know vilified in the media sure. and uh, you know you make a mistake uh, and 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 you know it, this the, this current culture with Twitter and anger and ripping on people but you know what it it, it starts to wear on I think Aaron Rodgers is someday going to talk about he was really having problems with all these playoff losses and taking the blame and trying to shrug out of it and coming out of depressions and talking to four or five players or, or a close friend as a coach. He's got a very small, tight circle, yeah. but it's been tough for him to swallow that in the spring and to take these losses, the perfection is his, and get back up on the horse and do it again. I'm, someday he's probably going to tell that part of the story. So um, in the meantime, uh, one thing I thought that was uh, – Concerning, it, this was not garbage time. When the when the when the Chicago Bears had the ball in the fourth quarter, and you got a second and twenty from the Chicago twenty-five, and David Montgomery runs off the left guard and goes twenty-eight yards, and Darnell Savage is trying to drag him down from behind, or you got a first and ten from forty-seven, and Khalil Herbert, the other Bears running back, he shoots off for twenty-seven yards. You know, and the, once again, Savage is pulling him down from behind. You start looking at the tape, and it's, you know, Devondre Campbell missed a lot of tackles. Yeah. And Quay Walker, number seven, he's still got a lot to learn. Because if they're, like, running away from Quay Walker, he keeps on getting himself messed up with the offensive line instead of just running down a straight line, maybe five yards off the, the, the ball. So he's got a clear shot to get to the opposite side of the field to help out. And contain if they're you know they got double team tackles on or blocks on Devondre Campbell, so you know Quay Walker's got a lot to learn like that because they're going to face a good running team coming up this weekend. But uh, Matt Eberflus was talked about his team, about his quarterback Justin Fields now has 28 passes so far for the season in two games. I mean they're just Luke Getzey has just run the ball, run the ball, and the new head coach was talked about. You know, is your offense these first two games one-dimensional? Yeah, I mean, I always think that on offense you have to have balance. You know, so we're going to have to look at that, and we'll look at that. You know, as we as we assess the game and evaluate the game, and and uh, but man, the way we were running it, I mean, shoot, we were running it really well, and we were still in the game at that point. So um, we were going with what was working for us. Mike, I don't know if they're one-dimensional. I don't know if they're dimensional at all. Like, they don't have anything. The Bears have had 28 pass attempts this season. Every other NFL team has at least 28 completions. Like, yeah, you can want to run the ball a lot, but that doesn't mean you can't pass at all. You know what I mean? No. Like, I don't know. I don't know. No, you, you can't do that. And you've got, He's got to get more passing in then. And Justin Fields has got an arm, but he's going to have to learn more from the pocket. You know, it's the same. He's not Lamar Jackson, so he's not going to. You can't put the running game on Justin Fields' back. He's good. He can move. He's smart. He's keeping his cool too. You know, I mean, he's in a he's in a tough market in Chicago. Yeah. He was asked, 
Were you surprised that Luke Getze, the former Packers assistant coach, called so many running plays for David Montgomery? Yeah, I mean, Luke said, you know, before the game that we were going to run it down the throats. And, um, you know, Demo, uh, I don't know what he ate today, but, you know, he was running the ball crazy. So, uh, you know, Olan did a great job blocking, and, um, you know, he did a great job running. But, you know, my job isn't to call the plays. My job is to execute the play that's given to me the best I can. Do they like Justin Fields in Chicago, Mike? I I don't know. This reeks to me, and maybe I'm trying to look for something that's not there. It seems to me like a new regime came in, and they're like, well, Fields really isn't our guy, and we don't really think it's going to work, so we're just going to create cap space, recoup draft picks, and let this play out. We don't really, we're not going to focus on surrounding him with as much talent as possible. And then when the time comes, we'll get the guy we actually want. That's kind of how this feels. Well, in the game against the 49ers and in the slop and in those iconic photos at the end yeah. where Justin Fields leads the team into a slip and slide, pops up, and then you know flexes his muscle – I mean, that's awesome. That says to you, hey, the Bears are back with a great defense. We hired a defensive-minded coach, good on special teams, and we'll run the football, and we've got a quarterback who you know, occasionally will throw on third down. That's what they're selling. That's what they're hoping it for. Uh, but you also know that Justin Fields has still got a long ways to learn. He's got a lot more snaps to see to let things play out. Sure. I'll tell you what, though, you know, did you see the Eagles game last night over the Vikings? Yeah. The Eagles just went through that, and, you know, that was one of the best performances they've had by an Eagles quarterback, and probably since Nick Foles was there to win the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, but the, the Eagles didn't wait for Jalen Hurts to develop, or they didn't wait until they were sure about Jalen Hurts to go and surround him with talent. They just surrounded him with great players and let him kind of grow. They had a great roster last year. Their roster this year is even better. I don't know. If the Bears were doing what the Eagles were doing, they'd be adding right now. I understand the finances and the picks and stuff. Yeah, but, but yeah, Ryan Pace, you know, thank you, Mitchell Trubisky and yeah. Khalil Mack. When, where did that get you? Yeah, a lot of Lesson picks. to be learned. Remember when Khalil Mack was signed for $90 million and the Packers fans said, that's it. The Bears go to the Super Bowl and, and we've lost. Yeah. How did that work out? Uh, the, the Buccaneers, I just watched uh, that game against the Saints. What a crazy game. It was 11 minutes left in the game. It was still 3-3. Three to three. Yeah. And Tampa Bay ended up beating the Saints in New Orleans 20-10. to 10. And that's because you got Tom Brady. And that's because, you know, uh, well, the, you know, the Saints throw a pick six with four minutes left. Jameis did uh, some but, Jameis things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jameis being Jameis. But he's out there playing with, with fractures in his back. Yeah. Did I hear? Four of them. But, four back fractures, yeah. I guess. That's wild. So he, right now, this is what Todd Bowles is dealing with. You got Mike Evans suspended after the fight with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Chris Godwin uh, is still dealing with a hamstring. He'll probably won't play. Julio Jones out with a knee injury. I thought Scotty Miller got racked up. Rashad Perriman is like the only target that Tom Brady's got to. And then that's that why they brought in Cole Beasley. I didn't realize he was that washed up. Uh, they signed him to their practice squad today. But uh, Todd Bowles was asked during his press conference, it was just breaking news about, uh, is it true that Mike Evans has been suspended for, for that fight with Marshawn Lattimore? Yes, he'll get one game. I found that about 10 minutes ago. He'll have a one-game suspension. Like I said, the fighting alone loses a player for the next game. It hurts our team because we lose a very good ball player. We don't want that. We don't condone it. You know, we got to move forward and try to find a way to win without him. Not to be this guy, Mike, I saw a lot of people... Not not praising Mike Evans, but being like, well, he was backing up his quarterback. And he was. 
But the whole reason his quarterback needed backing up is because Tom Brady chased Marcus Lattimore across the field and was John with him. And then, and then Evans came in to back Lattimore up. It was started by Brady. So, like, this whole, I don't know. Like, yes, he was having and his that, quarterbacks back, but his quarterback put himself in that situation. And now Tom Brady's calling the, 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 the suspension ridiculous. So he's challenging well, the front office of the league as well. The thing is, though, this is not the first time that this has happened between Evans and Lattimore. No. This is the third time. I love it. And so the league, you know, the league is, you know, yeah. I mean, it, the first two weeks of the NFL have been just crazy. Yeah. And then crazy, we learned. Crazy finishes. Yeah. We learned Akeem Hicks today is not going to play next week either. Mike, I, look, I've been, I've been saying this for a month, but as we get closer to this game, I, I believe me more. The Packers have to win on Sunday. This is a win they need to get. In and the opinion. Packers have got to come up with some answers for their run defense. Yeah, That's the problem. They've yep. got to come up with some answers for the run defense because the Bears exposed them on that. And so even though, you know, Green Bay won the game and there was a beautiful pass to to, uh, to Sammy Watkins. And, you know, you got LaFleur with his coaches during that long reverse call. You know, he's already pl- plotting. All right, what's a play we haven't called yet that we can take advantage? They're drawing up plays to hit Sammy Watkins 55 yards. That's good coaching. But Lafleur's going to have to be on his game, and he's got to figure out what Joe Barry's going to do with this defense, which, is, in some ways, is underperformed. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's underperformed, right? I mean, I, they didn't give up a pile of points in Minnesota, so I guess from a result standpoint, it hasn't been that bad. I thought when they woke up and actually started trying against the Bears the other night, they were great. When Rasul Douglas started yelling and getting all over the place, then things seemed to really perk up for the defense. I thought. That's true. That's true. You know, you know, good confidence builder. Good to get a win at home. You know, you want to do that, but they're overdue to you know beat these Buccaneers down in Tampa, Tampa Bay. They need a signature regular season win. These are the types of games that they've lost the last couple of years. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, they need it. It's early, and I get you know a lot can change between now and the playoffs. But I I want a, a win that we can hang our hat on. I always think of 2014, that win against the Patriots at Lambeau. We haven't had a win like that since 2014. That's what I'm looking for. Of course, it happens to be also against Tom Brady this weekend. Mike? We can discuss We can discuss this uh, over tea sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Just normal tea. The ayahuasca might uh, might be a bit much. I, uh, yeah. Lifting for me. Thank yeah, you. I know. I'll take my lifting. Thank you, Mike. Talk on Thursday, and we'll do some more previewing of the Tampa Bay game. See you then, Grant. Awesome. Thanks. That's Mike Clemens on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. We can talk about it over tea. Oh, my God. That tea has to be, man, like we joke about it. I bet that stuff is like jet fuel. By the time it hits your stomach, you are just, I bet you're just gone. Sheesh. Yeah. The uh, the whole network does ayahuasca together. I think we should do that. I think me, Mike Clemens, Bill Michaels, Ebo, uh, we just do an ayahuasca tea ceremony. Get Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin in there. Oh, they're going to have some college football takes after an ayahuasca tea ceremony. You better, better believe that. Kenny and Heilprin coming up in a few minutes. Let's wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.